Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to a special edition of the Romans Empire podcast. I'm joined by my usual co-hosts, Sam and Andres. And today is sort of an emergency pod, guys. Uh, two big results going in our favor to start the to start our Sunday. A great way to end the weekend. What do you think, Sam? Uh, we just couldn't wait until uh, Wednesday to record. <laughs> today was just like the most perfect, <laughs> perfect set of circumstances i mean i think two weeks ago we lucked out as far as every result of the week that we lost to sheffield sheffield united and then last weekend when we or last match day when we won everyone else won united and leicester so it looks like every other week is going to go in our favor and go in our favor so uh i think we win against liverpool and then maybe lose next week <laughs> if, we're, if, if we're going wow. to if we're going by uh trends andres what are your thoughts tell me how your sunday went oh my god man well my sunday went fantastic not only did spurs and Mourinho come through as the latest sleeper agent does the business for chelsea but we finally beat ole gunner Solskjaer. i am so happy Screw that guy, overrated manager. <laughs> we finally got that off our back. Frank can move on. And now he gets to, as a manager, take Chelsea to a final at Wembley. I mean, I, I, I guess we could kind of start with the starting lineup. Um, Sam, I have it up in front of me here. I don't know if you have it yeah, in front of you. I, I got could it read too. it out. I got it too. So I, I, think, I think that's a good starting point of the discussion because it really says a lot about Frank's mentality going into it. So we started off with Willie in goal. Uh, hashtag Team Willie, Free Willie. Uh, and then he Frank went for a 3-4-3 three, three, uh, the back line of Dave, Zuma, and Rudiger. Midfield of Reese James and Alonso as the fullbacks, and, as the wingbacks, and Jorginho and Kovacic as the two-man midfield. Then a front three of Jorginho at striker and uh, William and Mount uh, on the wing. So I wanted to start off real quick just to talk about this formation because at first, uh, when I saw both uh, of the formations announced, I thought, okay, we're, we're going for a 3-4-3 three, three because we're just kind of uh, reacting to what Ole Gunnar is, uh, is uh, putting out there, but... Uh, after the match, both Mason Mount and Frank said that they were surprised that they didn't go uh, with a four-man uh, uh, back line. You know, that, that's, that's what they've been playing the last couple weeks, and they've looked good. But, you know, United, the other matchups that they beat us this season, they played three in the back, uh, kind of like the same formation they had today. Um, but um, I just this, this formation, I think, and more, the more I thought about it, it really gets the best out of, uh, Reese James and Marcos Alonso both playing on their respective sides, and then we got Dave as a right center back. Uh, and you know, I said last week I, I kind of blundered uh, by my description. I said that he's better on the right on the left, but I really meant to say he was better on the right. Um, re- I'm talking about Dave. And oh, sure. Yeah, I I corrected myself. <laughs> I, I said he's I said he's better on the left and the right. So I don't know what that meant, but. That playing this this way he's able to utilize Reese and Dave on the right side, plus William up top. I mean, I think that the way that they were overlapping their runs, overloading the right side was just like it was. I mean, we can start off with Reese James if you guys want to talk about him 
But I think because of this formation and because of Dave's movement up the pitch and because of the way that William had just played balls to the wall with a tons of energy and really unselfish play today, it was Reese James's best game as well. Um, Zach, what, what, do you, what do you think? Sorry, Andres, you, you, what do you think? Yeah, I was going to say I didn't realize – See, I thought we switched to a 3-4-3 because of Pulisic's small knock. I didn't realize it was in preparation for the 4-2-3-1. Um, I saw it. I was like, oh, well, if United's going to line up with three at the back, when we match our opponents three in the back, we tend to look good. When it was Wolves, when it was Arsenal, when it was Spurs, it's worked for Frank's advantage every single time. So when I saw that, I was like, okay, well, we've seen this before. Uh, I think not only did it help, like you said, Dave, by playing him on the right, Reese James to have a little bit more freedom. I actually think in a way, because of how we press out of the 3-4-3, it also helps Jorginho because we condense the amount of people in midfield around those like that mid-block area, and Jorginho isn't as isolated. If a player tries to dribble to jo- through Jorginho wide, there's both Reese James and Aspie. If he tries to go by the middle, he's got Kovacic. And William and Mount are also kind of filling in that gap as well. So I thought it just kind of played perfectly. And to make matters even tougher on United, unluckily for Bailly, he couldn't finish the first half and they had to switch to the 4-2-3-1. And our, four, and our front three had an even more, you know, just had more fun on the ball when they made that change to the back four. Yeah, um... To be honest with you, if you if you look at the season as a whole, some of our best performances came with a three four three. I'm thinking of the of the match at Arsenal at the Emirates. We lined up in a three four three. Yeah, it was a little different. Um, I'm looking at the lineup here. You know, we had Dave playing as a wing back. Tamori was in the back three. Conte was healthy. Emerson on the left, but very much the same where you have Mount and William as the wingers. And I think defensively, this is easily our most solid look. Um, I think if you take our last couple matches um, into perspective and how weak we looked defensively, it only made sense for Frank to kind of go into this on the more cautious side, considering the hot streak that United was on. Um, but overall, um, that right-hand side was absolutely deadly. I, I, I think, you know, for as much as we talk about Dave's shortcomings in terms of crossing the ball, he has made us all put our foot in our mouths um, after this whole Project Restart um, started. His crossing has been phenomenal. And having him and Reese James on the right-hand side, Reese James, a very positionally aware player, allowed Dave to sometimes overlap or underlap Reese James. On Ali Giroud's goal, Dave actually overlapped Reese James. Reese James tucked into the middle and freed himself up for that cross. So it does give us a little bit more liberty in the attack. But to Frank's credit, we looked really, really solid defensively. It was the first match I could say I watched all season where I wasn't really too concerned about a clear vulnerability in our back line. And then also kind of moving up to the front line, defensively we're better there as well because we have Mason Mount playing on a wing and he's able to tuck inside. In that first half, Bruno Fernandez had absolutely no freedom whatsoever because that midfield area was so congested. Mason Mount was tucking in right behind Ali Giroud and Willian was playing a little bit higher up and pressing with Giroud. So it, it works out in our favor both defensively and offensively. Honestly, guys, at this point in time, I, I, I want to see more of the 3-4-3. Um, we haven't even we haven't even started talking about Marcus Alonso on the left hand side. He is a, he is a very very useful player in the system. And and to be honest with you, um, playing the system, 
he's our best option at that position and arguably one of our best attacking options on the left-hand side in general. So this kind of just works for everybody at the moment. Uh, you, you mentioned Eric, uh, Eric Bailly. Uh, I just want to say that our thoughts go out to him, but even more so, Bruno Fernandez, uh, thoughts go out to him. He suffered a really nasty injury after that uh, <laughs> Jorginho tackle. Oh, he really uh, <laughs> got a chunk out of him. So, <laughs> right on, we are talking about we're talking about him totally trying to sell a non-contact <laughs> rolls maybe ten yards after the quote-unquote contact falls to the ground. Luckily, the ref did not buy it that time. My God, it's kind of like. It's embarrassing to watch. And I'm not just saying that because it's a United player, but like the whole criticism of United this season is that they've had VAR in their favor. They'd have more penalties, referee decisions. Like there's a clear, you know, agenda for United um, to get back to, you know, quote unquote glory. But I mean, it's it, it's pretty warranted after watching this game, isn't yeah. it? That builds the way they got a penalty. Is. They still got a penalty. <laughs> that was a, which that was, was a penalty. Yeah, this that was a bad was a tackle penalty. from Cho. And, and, and <laughs> yeah. good for him for taking credit. You know, he said, "Hands up, that was me." Uh, but you know, that, I can't. I don't know how much I can blame him. He's a little bit cold. He had, like, a, he had a pretty good cameo. Besides that, I think like, that he, he was pretty inspiring. Cameo. He I turned felt... Matic inside out. Oh yeah, you know? that was that was nice. Uh, but yeah. I think I think this would have been a great opportunity for. Cho to get a run out, get some confidence in this match. Um, but, you know, I think William played exceptional and uh, Mount, you know, like in this kind of press, uh, having him up front as a winger, uh, mm-hmm. I think he might have been like even more effective than Pulisic would have been today in this formation just because of that aspect. I mean, Mount well, we, saw, we saw his best performances come playing off of the left wing in the same formation, mm-hmm. you know, throughout the season. So like this really isn't nothing new for Mason Mount, but some like, sorry to cut you off, but um, I'm kind of curious to see your guys's take on it. Cause as I was watching the match, you know, my brother was texting me, and he's a he's a diehard Man United fan, and he said if there's one Chelsea player I could have from that team, it's Mason Mount. Like that, like that's what's missing from Man United's midfield is is sort of like that workhorse type character. Now, as great as he was on the left hand side, I'm still thinking at times, okay, you know, if if this really is a position where we could get the most out of him, then where does Pulisic fit? Because on the right hand side, William is putting up a case, and he's not giving up his spot anytime soon. So. Do you want to keep seeing Mount play off the left like no. this in a three-four-three, or or could you see him play as a pivot? Because I don't I don't know if I've seen enough of him to trust him at the pivot right now in in this I, system. Guys, I still again three-four-three was fantastic today, but we've seen the three-four-three look dull as hell. So I'm not jumping on this bandwagon at all. Marcus yeah. Alonso has played just fine at left back. He would look even better if we had a freaking half decent center back next to him. Nice and gold. Like, I'm not – yeah, that too. I'm not going to like – yes, he's better at left wing back, but in the 2020 calendar year, Marcus Alonso at left back has not been suspect in my book. So This is this is the one thing about that though, Andreas. Like I, I, I agree with that, but that just means that either Dave or Reese James are going to be on the bench. And plus this just gives a little bit more added protection to our, you know uh, – are pretty weak center backs, you know, having Dave uh, back there with them as well. I think it addresses that issue plus allows Reese James and Dave to be on the pitch at the same time with a Marco Salonzo as well, all three of them out there. But I mean, I, I but I, your point is, I think 
valid that he's been just fine at left back too. But I think with this, since you're gonna able to have Dave and Reese James out there, I think that's that's a benefit that you know, especially when I just, when they're all delivering balls the way that they've been. Yeah, go ahead, Andres. I I just think it's a situational thing though, because if we run a three four three against someone like City, hell, even someone like Liverpool, where they play three in the middle, and those three guys know exactly what they need to be need to be doing. We're going to lose the game in the middle of the field. Or we tried it in the Champions League against Valencia, who was not trying to play us like – it wasn't an elimination game. Again, like it's a totally different thing when you come in and you need to get results one way or another and the other team is willing to play you. But if we play this every single week, teams that sit back are just going to love that. They're yeah. going to be like, fine, that's okay. We'll get them on the counter. Jorginho sadly can still get run right past – like. I just think, yes, Reese James, Aspie, and you get them both in the same field. But I think it's fine if one of them sits because, again, 2020 Aspie figured out post, post-COVID post break has figured out how to cross the ball. And mm. it's a different dynamic because Aspie only overlaps at while Reese James does a little bit of both when they play just the natural right-back position. And so I think it's a little bit of a different dynamic. Maybe we get a lead and then you just shift Aspie to the left to play a defensive role and then you bring Reese James on. We've seen that happen before too. I just don't think I'm willing. Yes, we beat United and we finally beat them and we got it right this time, but we also haven't played United with Conte at the base and two attacking eight. Like I don't want to get that formation out because Mount has also looked really good in the attacking eight. He's still, I'll I'll argue that his positioning today was like an attacking eight. His goal today came from a central position. Mm -hmm. Like he, I rarely saw him. He would only be outside of like the the line that's parallel to the out of like the the outside sideline of the box, that little space right there by the corner flag. Only if we were in possession, building up to that space, never mm-hmm. making a run towards the corners. So, again, we were never trying to use Mount as a winger. It, it was just a, it was just a game plan for what we expected out of United. You want to target the slow, bulky Maguire with two quick workhorses like William and Mount. Like, I think that was the game plan. It also helps that, unfortunately, Maguire looked like he was concussed the rest of the game after his head-to-head. But, yeah, a 4-3-3 for me is definitely the way of the future. And if you think the 3-4-3 is, not only are you taking out Pulisic, like, are you just going to keep playing William instead of Ziyech? Because Ziyech doesn't have as good of a defensive work rate. Like, I think we give up a lot of what we're bringing into this roster by choosing the 3-4-3 over the 4-3-3. I think it's I think it's a matter of what works for us now running through the end of the season. I, right, we, I'm we, not talking I'm not talking about the future and like I I know the point you're making about, you know, we need to have more midfield players in the midfield to shut down the central areas of the pitch, but Frank did that today with this formation by tucking Mountain almost as a 10 right behind William and Giroud. So we shut down the center of the pitch completely. I mean, they were playing a box in their midfield and Fernandez was playing in the middle of that box and, and he had no freedom whatsoever. I mean, that's been United's strength since this whole project restart began and they got on this hot streak. It's the middle of the field. They've been dominating that space. We just absolutely shat on them today. And, and I think, Something else that we, you know, we really haven't mentioned. We saw a nasty Chelsea today. I, I don't think we saw, you know, um, the Chelsea against West Ham or the Chelsea against Palace that looked fragile and that looked almost battered at times. We were the bullies for once, and and I think that, you know, that sort of mindset going into a game like this. I mean, a high pressing team, 
that bullies you and harasses you and never stops running and just fills in all the spaces, plugs up the, you know, the center of the field. That's the hardest team to play against. And, and, you know, I'm not getting overhyped on the formation as much as I am on the actual performance itself, but just going through the end of the season here, if we do play a Liverpool, you know, they're, they have three midfield players. Maybe we could shut that down because that's their supply line to, to Salah and Mane. Um, but then again, I mean, against Liverpool, it's kind of tricky because you do have the threat from the wide areas from them. So is it going to work against them? No, but I think with this formation, there's enough tactical flexibility to to pretty much adapt to almost any sort of attack. If we're going to be playing defensive football, this is the way to do it. And, you know, the 4-3-3 is great and all, and yeah, it is the way moving forward, but we're way too fragile at the back. We will get slaughtered by Liverpool. And imagine Raul Jimenez going up against our 4-3-3. I don't think the 3-4-3 is going to work if Jorginho's not in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has to be in it, for sure. And he was he was it, fantastic why today. Why is that? Because, because you need the two guys in the middle to be so quick with the ball because their job is just to move the ball out of there immediately. Like mm-hmm. Kovacic has the the benefit of the fact that the dude's got eyes in the back of his head and he just dribbles past three guys in the blink of an eye. Sick. But it was so nice N'Golo, seeing that again. Like N'Golo doesn't do that for you. Like he's he breaks <laughs> up play and that's great. Do I like, dare you, bring up Ross Barkley for this role? <laughs> I, right. Obviously that's another one. But like I, I just think that N'Golo's supposed to be back and I don't see Frank not playing N'Golo for one. Yeah. And I, I bring back the Arsenal game from December. We started the 3-4-3 without Jorginho and then had to switch to a 4-3-3 with Jorginho to win that game. Like, again, mm-hmm. like, there's there's so much that, yes, today it worked perfectly. And I think because we got the goal first and then we hit them again with a 2 nothing, played a huge factor into it because United had hit us first every match so far this mm-hmm. season. So for us to come out and get the lead was huge. And again, I'm not saying today was bad. I'm just saying I'm not yeah. sold on 3-4-3 because we've done it against other teams where we're supposed to win the game, and those have been our most, like, lax and and just kind of lazy performances. Again, it wasn't Giroud up top when we tried that, which is also another dynamic altogether. Mm-hmm. And maybe we, did, we used wingers more naturally, but I just – I don't know. I don't know. I think – Lots of Sheik looked good again today. I would hate to see him have to be playing out of position or something along those lines. Conte's back healthy. I find it extremely hard to to not start Conte. And, yeah, I mean, I don't know if we just had United read to the book by chance because, again, Frank was expecting the 4-2-3-1, and even against the 4-2-3-1 it worked. But I don't know if – if against Wolves, who are now in form versus Wolves at the beginning of the season when we did play the 3-4-3, is, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm I not sold on it yet, long term, even for, for this today, season. I think for today we saw the best of it. Um, yes, yeah. and 100%. Like, and it's going to be really hard but we've to replicate said that, that. We've said that after a couple uh, after a couple games with this formation. But like this isn't the mm-hmm. first time that we've had a really, really solid performance in a big game and an important Champions- win playing the we didn't win in champion we didn't win in a 3-4-3 in champions league twice after that wolves game i know we oh, played in this oh, formation I, I swear i i'll i'll look into it i'll post it on twitter afterwards but we looked awful we check looked awful tapes. after the we beat wolves three nothing on which by the check way the if tapes. we remember that game correctly we were shit the first 20 minutes until tomori 
accidentally scored from 40 yards out. And but then we were shit in a four. We were shit in a four three three two, and we were also shit in a four two three. I mean, I mean, you could say that about any formation we had. Like, I think like just, we have shit. We have that, shit the bed in every formation, and we have absolutely lit the world on fire with every formation. That just speaks more about the inconsistencies with this team. I mean, that's just that's, <laughs> that, that has more to than do anything. That's to do a lot with yeah. you know the youth of the team, and it's 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 hard for them to wake up for every match. Like you know, you you, you look at the last three matches we played. We did not look like we were up for any of them, and then this one, I mean, we could not have been more up for. And yeah. uh, you know, it's 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 these kind of games that are the most important, obviously. And I'll I'll take it if we end up, you know, with an FA Cup trophy and a top four finish, like it would have been all worth it in the end. Like and just like those small losses in the middle of the season really aren't as significant anymore. And yeah, uh, I mean. I, I just I can't believe we're playing Arsenal again in the FA Cup final. That's uh, we love a cup final against Arsenal. Ali Giroud better start. Oh yeah, let's, let's talk about and, and I'm Team Tammy all the way. But good lord, that guy cannot stop scoring, and he gets more handsome the more goals he scores too. <laughs> That might be a personal thing. I don't know if that's like No, I think it's a thing with every Chelsea. I think every Chelsea fan will agree with me. The more goals he scores, the more handsome he gets. Because the more I start, the more I'm liking this guy. I I, I texted uh, our, our good Arsenal friend, uh, Sami Nohan Mazin. And uh, yeah, I, I Chelsea drew over Arsenal drew any day of the week. Like it was funny because when we bought him, his whole thing was, oh yeah, you guys, you guys are suckers. It never worked out with him. You know, he's either he blows hot and cold, but actually he's been our most consistent option up front. Um, yep. You know, I, I mean, given that he has had a run of a, a consistent run of games, too. Um, but man, I love that guy. I Even really if he love wasn't that scoring guy. like if he hadn't scored and I, I think he scored four goals in the last four matches. Even if he scored zero, seven of his, nine. Right. His, his impact would have been would have been noticed like because he's a big, he's a big game player isn't he but he loves I mean, he elimination games yeah loves sure elimination games. he does he loves trophies uh i mean then that i think he's probably one of the best front post like players in the in the whole entire league right now and in maybe, the world and, and I, I, I honestly I mean, might be speaking out of turn here but like in my lifetime one of the best front post players like just the way he his movement to get open in the front post and I said this last week, but since he's joined the Premier League, he's had the most headers, like goals scored by headers, uh, since he joined the Premier League. Um, yeah. In, the, in all the Premier League, but like it, I, it could be reactionary out of the last couple matches, but I just I, I've noticed <laughs> that about him, and I, I and I heard, I forgot who talked about it uh, on the post match. Uh, they were talking about they're saying him and and. Uh, and uh, Aguero are the two best front post players that they've seen, the, like in the last whatever x amount of years. But yeah, I don't know. For for me, it's it's how he brings the ball down. Like it's not even his movement in the box. I'm not sold on all the way, but yeah, in, in the restart, he's been great at it. I think it's his ability to bring the ball down to a teammate from the air is uh, like nobody does it like him. Period. I really yeah. don't think there's anybody else out there because he has gone up to Van Dyke in the air and beats Van Dyke, Maguire. Pick pick a big physical center back, and Giroud beats them to bring the ball down with his chest, with his head, whatever it is, to a fully sprinting, in this case, Mount or Willian, or he'll flick it over that said center back to those two guys as well. 
Well, like, the last the, goal was also set up from a, a header I mean, off a of clearance. He headed it to Mount and then Mount to Marcus Alonso. Yeah. But I mean, like, that that was like he wasn't even marked for that. But that, still, that, that was a legitimate. That was a legitimate attacking threat for us on the day. And I think that's the benefit of having a guy like Caballero in goal who's not going to look to play those short passes. He's just going to thump it down the field to play it out of pressure. And 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 luckily the ball was finding Giroud. But Sam, kind of going off of what you said, if, if I had to take one thing from Ali Giroud's game, it would be his first touch. It, it's so underrated. It, the guy always knows where to take that first touch into. He knows where the space is that could buy him time to pick his head up, find a pass, link up with the teammate, make a run towards goal. He's so good at controlling the ball and and playing it quickly like that. He's he's your ideal target man. And I, I've been saying it the last few weeks. We have a lot of options up front, and right now, even at Ali Giroud's age, it's it's. With these performances that he's putting together, it's really hard not to see him get significant playing time next year. And this is just another good – this is another benefit. Yeah, I am Team Tammy, but it's a benefit having you know, competition at multiple places on the pitch. You got guys competing for spots. They're going to raise their game in training, and they're going to raise their game week in and week out in matches. And I think, you know, with the arrival of Werner, the way Ali Giroud's playing, we have Tammy, who we know what what potential the kid possesses. It's going to be really, really exciting moving forward, man. It's 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 a very, very exciting time to be a Chelsea fan. And kind of going back to my brother, who's a Man U fan, that's what he was telling me after the game today. I, I think we're really starting to embark on something here where you know we can see a quote-unquote new era of dominance start to creep through. Not necessarily with just Chelsea. But, you know, also with clubs like Man United who have a lot of good youth talent. But there might be a shift here, um, you know, in, in terms of the top of the Premier League. Um, but I don't know. This game in general just kind of like screamed for a player like Ali Giroud. And I'm just I'm – glad, I'm glad he came through. He continues to do it week in and week out, and he has to play against Arsenal. I think the Thank best you, part Arsenal. Is, I mean, yeah. he's going to. Yeah. Thank you, Arsenal round two. That's what I want to see. <laughs> I think the best part about this match was the fact that Pulisic didn't even play. He's, we're gonna yeah. have, we're gonna have a completely fresh Pulisic for that Liverpool matchup. Um, and last time like we a, saw Pedro. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Pedro. Had, Pedro had an appearance today. He came on like in the. No, no, no. Uh, I, I meant like, is this the last time we see Pedro? Oh. <laughs> I don't know he'll, Pedro he'll, likes finals too, man. Yeah. He, he yeah. might come on in, uh, in stoppage time again, but. Uh, it's, it's, I think what I said earlier about us really getting up for these, you know, top teams, hopefully we see that again against Liverpool. Um, I mean, who knows what kind of, you know, starting 11 they're going to field, but, uh, well, Klopp was pretty pissed off after their, uh, after the Arsenal match. I mean, a hundred, hundred points is off the table now, so (laughs) he can either continue to be pissed and, my, here's my thing, because I had this conversation with some Man U friends about this match, because they were like, oh, we're going to go in all out, and we're going to win this game. And I was like, I don't think it's smart, and I'm glad Chelsea didn't do this, because Pulisic had a small knock and didn't play him, to bring on all your guys for this game when you're still fighting for top four. At the end of the day, the, the well, Champions League is more important. United, and- they, they, like, so, okay, after Leicester won, so even if they lose this week, like, no matter what, they need to win or or beat 
Leicester. That's next what I'm week. saying. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, They're going to take points off thinking, each other. You should, you sh- they should probably have been more cautious because Martial came on and immediately it was on the ground. Uh, by Yi, we said that. Who knows what's wrong with Maguire after that head injury? Like, I what I'm, what I'm saying is like that this. the United's United's next match, it doesn't matter whether they win, lose, or draw. They have to either beat or draw against Leicester in order to advance. Unless, yeah, yeah. But they didn't know that. I mean, they, they right. didn't know this, that. This and, was and decided. Again, and you like, could, you could, they could have lost uh, Pogba and, made... and Bruno Fernandez to injury, and then boom. What are they going to do in the next two games? I mean, they brought on Greenwood and Pogba and Martial. They subbed them on, and at that point, they knew that Leicester had lost. I mean, the game was decided before the match even started. So, but I mean, I think they I, could I have guess... gone. They could have gone all out today. Like, I think that's, I think that's okay because they. It doesn't matter what happens next match. If they lose, if they draw, or if they win, they still have to get a result against uh, Leicester, no matter what that last match of the season in order to advance. I think I, I, if my math is correct. Yeah, they're still they're tied with Leicester right now, and they have a game in hand in points. Yeah, yeah. So, and they have the exact same goal differential now. That's that's awesome. Thanks, Harry Kane, so, for that. Doesn't yeah. doesn't help us out. Our goal differential shit, but <laughs> yeah, we we still need to take care of business, and and I think that's what I was thinking about Klopp, like. Does he come out with a full-strength squad, try to beat us? We are for sure trying to win, and we come out and, like, play scrappy physically like we did today, and they lose. Let's say they lose Trent Alexander-Arnold, and now he's not playing. Uh, oh, I guess they're not in Champions League. Never mind. Totally forgot they're already eliminated from Champions oh, League. Oh, yeah, I forgot that, too. Disregard disregard that. They they can come out with a full-strength 11. They have nothing really to worry about, win yeah. or lose, but... Hey, yeah, I, I don't see – I think maybe you will see the 3-4-3 three, three again. I don't know. But I, I wanted to point out that I have nothing poor to say about Rudiger today. I thought mm-hmm. he was fine. I don't know if he just feels more comfortable with three at the back, kind of like David Luiz did, but can't say anything about him. Um, I thought Zuma was fantastic as well. We already discussed Aspie. I mean, our, our back five was great. Caballero hey, Willie. How about Willie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was, I think he was fine. I mean, he was an pro outing. Yeah. Um, I did think that Kovacic was the better of the two in the middle between him and Jorginho. You were talking about popping the ball up to Giroud, and I think the reason behind that was if pressure was coming to Jorginho, you didn't want to give it to him. You could just pop it up, and Giroud would take care of it. Any backwards pass didn't have to go all the way back to Jorginho because William and Mount were so tucked in. But, I mean, Kovacic today was just a freaking baller. I think today yeah. showed that he, he if Conte's not fit, he, he needs to be given a run at the six because from deep, he is just another beast, man. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I've been, I've been calling for this. Like, in a 4-3-3, I think that's his best position. The, the way he's able to transition us from defense to attack without necessarily releasing the ball by beating defenders, nobody else in our midfield has a capability to do that besides RLC. And it's not re- and it's not time for RLC to be doing that. But even with him, he's not doing it from positions that deep. It's, it's, it's really, really nice to watch. I mean, he's starting to look like the player Real Madrid thought they bought. Mm-hmm. Um little by little like i know they use him sparingly in a similar role you know just for ball retention and to keep play ticking over to close out matches but but for us he's he's turning into 
exactly that our transition from defense to attack like that is such an important part of our game especially in in a high pressing team when they break that initial press and we nick the ball off of them in our defensive line Kovacic is the one transitioning us yeah Jorginho is the one playing those wall passes and the smart passes and keeping possession but Kovacic is actually the one driving us forward in the second half he had one where he dribbled like maybe two players in the midfield I forget who he released down line I want to say it was uh it was William or Reese James down the right hand side but he, he does he's he's doing that every single time he's out there on the pitch it's uh it's really great to watch. He's still the player of the season for me. I don't know about you guys. No, for sure. And, and the thing is, people argue like, oh, well, if he dribbles through, who's going to be at the base of the midfield? It's like, look, you never see Kovacic dribble into the box anyway. His dribbling doesn't occur in the final third. So positionally speaking, he still will be the deepest of those midfielders. Like, yeah. he doesn't dribble with the purpose of getting himself into the box. He dribbles himself. Like you said, it's a transition thing that he lets go of that ball as you approach the final third, never mm-hmm. like way inside of it. So I thought he was awesome um, doing that. I think he, the one thing I can maybe nag about is the fact that he chose to play a through ball left to Mason Mount instead of slightly to the right to Giroud off of mm-hmm. one of those dribbles where I just thought, oh, it's right there. Giroud can hit it first time with his left foot. But I mean, we still scored three goals. So. And before we wrap it up, I just want to make one last comment. I thought that when RLC came on, he really bullied Pogba. That was uh, that yes. was really nice to see. It's good to so, see. Yeah. Uh, good sh- shout out to him. I mean, do you guys want a quick honorable mention to the player of the game? Uh, Mason Mount, I think, was my probably my player of the game. Just his impact was uh, all over the. He pitch. won it, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, he, he won it on the match, and then he also oh. won it in our Twitter pool. But oh. Okay, yeah, was, then David De Gea, De Gea for sure is Yeah, that's that's what I was talking about. That's what I was talking about. Honorable mention, yeah. What the Good fuck God. is going on with David De Gea, man? I mean, I mean Spain like has six, a real problem. He had like one six amazing so saves and then just two blunders. That deflected really. one where he like had to reroute his dive and then he got oh, to man. it and slap James? it away. Yeah. I was like, oh. Well, that yeah. one, and then plus re- before the last goal, he's – he saved a, an amazing header from Reese James, uh, yeah. and then it eventually led to the goal. But it's 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 crazy. It's weird. It's weird. And and, and I fuck with it though. <laughs> he could keep not having be these nightmares for Man United. <laughs> yeah, it's him. Him and Bruno could keep putting up, you know, these stinkers. Okay, no. Before I'm done with Bruno Fernandez, I know we're about to wrap up, but. It is incredible what the media is spinning this guy to be. Today, lines up for his penalty kick. We've seen Bruno take his penalty like a normal human being all season. He decides to do his best Jorginho impression today. And the BBC announcers go, well, that's quite the unique penalty-taking technique by Bruno (laughs) Fernandez." I'm like, you mother effers. Two full years of Jorginho only missing one penalty – and now you think it's the greatest thing on earth? And like, he's standing on the pitch. He's standing right there. How do you forget? <laughs> yeah, he's right standing right next to him. BBC's right commentators there. are great. I mean, the, even during the Arsenal match, they would, you know, before they would complain about how, you know, they're playing around, playing out of their back line and saying they got to get the ball out of there. And then that last goal, they're like, how, 
you know, the way that Arsenal plays, you know, like just is really patient with the ball, playing the ball out of the back is brilliant. You know, it's just like literally five minutes later, they said the opposite of what they said because of the goal. The whole, uh, the whole media funny. narrative of this match was, was sort of a joke. Like instead of how well Chelsea played, it was more along the lines of, oh, nobody's giving Bruno any help. There's no movement up top. Nobody's making runs in behind. How about how about Chelsea actually just got the tactics, spot right. on, played really well. They had their strongest midfield out there, we, and we, we beat them. We, That's crazy. We we beat Man City. You know, we convincingly beat Arsenal and Tottenham away. You know, like we've had big victories this season. I don't understand why why we can't just get the fucking credit that we deserve when we have a good goddamn performance. It's so frustrating. Yeah, everybody, Lampard, everybody, everybody seems to forget that. Zero, zero euros spent by Lampard versus Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's two hundred million just this season, but he can't get a. Oh wow, he set it up right. No, no, no. It was United yeah. that didn't do their part. It, it, it was frustrating. Also, well, well, last the, thing to defend my own ass. We beat Tottenham with that 3-4-3, the exact tactic we used today with the inverted forwards rather than wingers. Then we went on to lose to Southampton 2-0. Same exact 11. A week later, Southampton, as in like back then relegation Southampton. And then we deployed (laughs) the 3-4-3, same thing against Arsenal. And we had to change things up in the 20... Let me find the exact minute because I'm pulling it up real quick. In the 34th minute, had to switch to a 4-3-3 because we were down one nothing and we won 2-0. That is all I'm saying on the formations. Hey, like, last thing, so last thing. I'm just kidding. We've said last thing like five times already. Five times. <laughs> so that was officially the last thing. <laughs> yeah, it was. I, I think we should wrap it up here. I mean, for, for a uh, last-minute podcast with no fucking script whatsoever, I think we did pretty damn well, guys. It was one of those where we just kind of couldn't record, so we thought, why not? We'll turn on the microphones, and we'll just talk for a half an hour. After a match like this, there's a craving from the audience for a podcast, so we had to give it to them. You have to. Lampard's going to win a trophy at Wembley as a manager year two for Chelsea. How can you not be hyped about that? Let's – Go and Lampard's gonna win a trophy this season, and only gonna first season as a Chelsea so, manager. Yeah, but anyway, zero um, pounds in the transfer window. <laughs> are we gonna give a uh, quick predictions for Liverpool? Just a scoreline. Three one, three three Under- something. Three will be a part of it somehow. <laughs> wow, three one us. Uh, okay, I never I was said who's gonna, gonna win. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Fair enough. I was gonna say one one. One one. Wow, so I'm gonna, this will be the I'm, first match without a three in it? Uh, no, no, I'm going to go 3-1 Chelsea. And that's exactly how we're going to end the podcast, on a positive fucking note, because that's where <laughs> we should be at this point in the season, guys. Lester dropped points. Harry Kane is a sleeper agent for Chelsea. Shout out to <laughs> Joe. Shout out to Jose Mourinho. I'm just so fucking hyped. We got a cup final appearance, Champions League football on the horizon, fingers crossed. Ugh. Until after the Liverpool match, everyone. Keep the blue flag flying high.